Hello, Canada. Welcome to the Rod Peterson Show. It is hour two of Canada's daytime sports talk show coming to you on the Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. And hour two is brought to you by Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. And if you notice a slightly different locale, it's because we are on location again in Saskatoon this time for the Willows uh, Golf and Country Club and the Premier's Golf Tourney. We've had some guests roll through here, but as far as I'm concerned, this is the piece de resistance, Ken Cheveldayoff. I appreciate you coming by here, the MLA for Saskatoon, Willow Grove. It's by his invitation that we'll be here for the Premier's Golf Tourney, ta tourney talking sports for two hours. And Chevy, you've been referring it to the Premier's Golf Tourney, but I see that's not exactly the t correct title. What are, what are you guys calling this? The SAS Party. Well, Saskatoon? it's the Saskatoon SAS Party Premier's uh, Golf Tournament. Okay. But, uh, really, what it is is the the tournament that we've had with the Sask Party here in in Saskatoon for 22 years now. We started in the year 2000, and uh, it's been going ever since. So it's one of the longest running uh, tournaments, but it's also one of the largest that we know of in the country. The largest one day, one course tournament. We'll have uh, nearly 500 golfers today. Uh, <laughs> when they had 36 holes here, we had nearly 600. Five nine. Six is our is our record. Well, thank you for having us, and congratulations on the huge numbers, by the way. But we got a lot of things to talk about with Chevy. But for our Winnipeg viewers, of which there are many, it's your little brother, correct, Kevin? Little brother, that's yeah. the general manager yeah. of the Winnipeg Jets. And I just think this is kind of funny because when we were at Canada Life Center, the new name of the home of the Jets, I was with your brother there. And now I got you here, so I don't know what it is with the Chevel Dayoffs. I appreciate it and, uh, and hey, all of the support. Rod, I, I just want to take an opportunity to say to all the Jets fans and residents of Winnipeg and Manitoba, thank you for treating my brother uh, as well as you do. He loves it there. He loves the organization. The, the Chipman family, the Thompson family are excellent owners, and I've been to many games, and I love uh, sitting shoulder to shoulder with the Jets fans. We may disagree on the bomber rider thing, but, uh, <laughs> but we agree yeah. on the Jets, and uh, they're just fabulous people in Winnipeg and Manitoba and, uh, you know, our, our sister province. And uh, just thank you for all that they do for uh, Kevin and his family. You know, it's funny, Chevy, that you say that because I know how well they treat Kevin. The uh, friendly Manitoba license plate isn't just a saying. It's, it's a way of life, right? But he's been good to them. Team's been very good. Yeah, Wouldn't he's had a, he's had a good summer. Um, you know, I, and I I don't uh, you know pester him for inside information or anything like that. But I'm just a fan, and I think he's made some really good moves this summer. Uh, you know the. Uh, um, the signings of uh, Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt and uh, others. I think he filled some holes that needed to be filled, and I'm really excited about uh, Winnipeg Jets hockey this coming year. Yeah, they're luring me over, Chevy. They're luring <laughs> me over. It's not a hard team to cheer for. Yeah, uh, It's a fun team. It's, a, it's an easy team to love. Now, what I love about Ken, and we'll probably talk a little bit about politics near the end of this, but it is a sports show, as you know, and he said you're not going to shy away from it. Chevy was a Lyman with the Saskatoon Hilltops Junior Program, Saskatchewan Huskies University football program. So it's Labor Day Classic weekend. We cannot get away from talking about this game, which is sold out on Sunday, Ken. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are 3-0. and The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are 3-1. and Saskatchewan's favored by 4.5 points in this one. 
You go along with that? Uh, yeah, I, I go along with that. You bet. I'm in a pool in Regina, that big pool that has 200 people. So if you're a politician wow. and you don't do very well in the tournament, you you hear about it. So, uh, but I've been picking Saskatchewan all the way, and of course uh, you have. And uh, we've uh, we've done very well. So not to jinx anything, but we hope they uh, they play really hard and uh, and do very well as they do most times at uh, at Mosaic Stadium on on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing is, there's a lot of exciting games this weekend in the Canadian. Football League. It's Montreal at Ottawa Friday, Sunday's Winnipeg Saskatchewan game, and then the Monday doubleheader, which has the Argonauts at Hamilton in the early game, and then the Edmonton Elks at the Calgary Stampeders in the second half of the doubleheader come Sunday. But listen, you're a football guy, Chevy. Take off your politician hat for a second. Okay. Break yep. this down Sunday. You're watching the games. <laughs> I've watched games with you, right? At, yeah. Uh, where Craving is the one time there. I think it was it was the Banjo Bowl a couple of years ago that we watched that one, if you remember. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's your breakdown of this huge game come Sunday? Yeah. Well, I'm a big Cody fan. Uh, Cody Fajardo, he, he just uh, so, shows so much poise and confidence. And uh, I think he's he's on his game. And uh you know, I think we're we're set, we set up real well against uh, against Winnipeg. So, were yeah. you concerned about this offensive line for Saskatchewan going into the season? I was just based on personnel, yeah. More than anything, I mean, there were just like three or four new guys on that offensive line, and you wouldn't know it. I think they've only given up one sack a game. Yeah. If Whenever that. you have a turnover like that, like you're always concerned. You know, of course, yeah. I was happy to see that there were so many Saskatchewan-born and bred players on there and all that. But you wanted them to do really well. But uh, yeah, very pleased with what I've seen. I've had a chance to go to uh, all three games at, at Mosaic, and uh, I'm coming on to the fourth as well. So uh, it, it's uh, it's very very exciting to look forward to. But on football, and you mentioned you know my uh, opportunity. Football has given me so much when I played with the Hilltops and the and the Huskies, and I just want to talk to any young players out there that are looking to do a junior career or university career you do make lifelong friendships there's here to people here today and uh, when I played it was many many years ago but uh, the the bonds that you form and, and it goes for for most sports it, they are lifelong bonds and friends and whatever business you go into or whatever you do in life you can pick up the phone and and phone 40 or 50 people that you're very close to and that comes from from football and uh, you still have those ties in your life I, I know do. you do yeah, Rob Bresciani, him and I were talking about what we did 30 years ago with the Huskies uh, just yeah. the other day and, uh, you know, people like that. Well, it was interesting that it was very important to you to get the Minister of Parks, Culture and Sport on last hour, Laura Ross. And she came on and talked about the importance of mental health for the youth of the province. I mean, you guys were one of the first provinces to say to open up, lift the restrictions July 11th and get the sports back going. That yeah. was very important to this government. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Laura's. A, I was a former minister of Parks, Culture, and Sport. It's an important uh, position in the province. Laura's doing very well, and I was glad that uh, you had a few minutes to, to chat with her. But we're really uh, concerned about the, what sports can do in a positive aspect, the mental health of our, our children. Uh, we've got uh, Al Simpson and Living Skies here. They've got a setup talking about the new soccer facility that he's proposing for Saskatoon. We have 10,000 people playing soccer in Saskatoon right now, youth and adults. So it's Whoa. the largest growing sport in, in the city and in the, in the province, I think. Uh, lacrosse is right up there as well. Well, we should... Um this, the sun's coming out yes, here at the I've, Willows. I'm which feeling is, it here. Which That's is great. fantastic. Well, it is because I think you were a little worried about rain a couple of days ago. When you're planning a golf tournament like this, of course, why wouldn't you be? But I think I told our viewers off the start, 
Although we are airing on Game Plus television across all of Canada and 31 states in the United States, this would be a lot of a Saskatchewan-centric show today, and I'm, and I'm saying you're welcome for that. I'm not apologizing for that. <laughs> but they need to know what's going on here. And uh, by the way, I, the hotel that we were staying at, we ended up at the Sandman, by the way, the signature Sandman. And they were saying, this is where the new soccer facility is going to go, right over here, right? Prairie Land Park. Right. So can you speak about the Canadian Premier League franchise that's been granted for Saskatoon and the facility that it's in? Well, my understanding is Al Simpson has the rights to the, the Canadian Premier League soccer for Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, uh, and conditional on that is having... So uh, Al and Prairie Land are working um, very close. Uh, Mark Regeer, the CEO of, of Prairie Land, is quite involved. They have a setup here where they're showing conceptually what like it's still early days there I know they're looking for investors they're they're uh, looking to formalize their talks with the city of Saskatoon first and then with the province of Saskatchewan and um, but I know Al is putting a, a lot of his uh, own personal funds towards it and that's uh, that's a big step but they've done the research they've talked to the soccer community they, they know that it would work very very well in Saskatoon so we'll leave them to do their work with the city uh, I know the mayor and the councillors are, are very supportive but they want to continue to have those those talks uh, going forward mm. well I'm open-minded enough to realize what is happening with soccer not only in this province, but certainly this country. 10,000 kids is unbelievable. That's got yeah. for sure more than football, and I'm sure it's more than hockey. Yeah. Uh, and this Alan Simpson folks from Living Sky, Living Sky Sports Corp has said he wants to get this franchise and build this stadium for kids to continue their careers at a high level. That's what he told me as, as we're sitting here yeah. talking like this. Absolutely. What is it about soccer that it exploded? If you're the former minister of sport and culture yeah. and rec, whatever they called it in your time, yeah. How did it become so popular? Where did it? Well, our province has changed. We're welcoming people from around the world. They're bringing with them their enthusiasm for soccer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a sport that everybody can participate in. It's very low barrier to entry, very low cost, and we have excellent facilities here. We have, uh, you know, a couple of uh, major soccer centers here in Saskatoon, as does Regina. So, uh, you know, we're very, very pleased. But you know, let's just look at what the sports spectrum is here in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. The Saskatchewan Rush. You know, doing what they done you see people uh, uh, you know with uh, lacrosse sticks in their uh, on their driveways uh, throwing the ball back and forth and things like that we've got you know super uh, WHL franchises here five of them five in of Saskatchewan them, yeah. we're so excited about the blades here and you know what's happening in other places the Pats in, in Regina and all the teams the the uh, Raiders are represented here at the tournament uh, uh, as well and and they're doing so so well and then you know junior football with the uh, uh, the Thunder and the Hilltops and the Rams and the Huskies, uh, they do so much. And I got to thank all of the, the people that volunteer their time to coach these sports. And, you know, uh, when uh, Brian Towers was coaching me, he always said, we're building men. We're not building uh, uh, just athletes. We're building young men and, and young community builders. And I think he's done that. And I think that's what sports does for our province and our, mm -hmm. our community. Well, it's interesting when you talk about the facilities, because I wondered, you know, there was there's a new football stadium in Regina for the Rough Riders. You were a huge part of that. And, you know, with the government and the funding and so forth. And what a new facility in Saskatoon downtown. And I'm wondering if COVID, how much it's derailed that, if at all. Because they've broken ground on a new hockey arena in Prince Albert, the home of the Raiders. Yeah. Has COVID, how much has it derailed 
I think it slowed down some of the planning, you know, for the, like, they're looking at the new facility here in, in Saskatoon, a new arena. That's kind of dragged out a bit because of COVID and all that. But I think people are more anxious than ever to get to get on the field, to get on the court, to get back to sports. And and that's what I've, uh, I've seen so far. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned my involvement with the stadium. That's going to be, like, you know, Brad Wall and I, uh, Premier Wall at the time, when we talked about it, we said that's going to be one of the things that we talk about when we're sitting on the uh, on our <laughs> rocking chairs yeah. uh, in the veranda. <laughs> you know, Brad said, uh, you know, we, Chevy, we got to get this done. And there were a lot of doubters at the time. You know, I had a, a person in my office, uh, Jackie, that uh, she took calls uh, all day long from people that didn't want to see the stadium, didn't think it was the right way to go. And then all of a sudden when it was built and, you know, people said, hey, this was the, the right time to do the right thing. We, we hired the right architect, uh, Mark Andrews out of uh, Dallas. HKS. Yeah, yeah. HKS. And yeah, they did a wonderful job with Cowboy Stadium. And they said, hey, everything can be scalable. But they said the first thing you got to start with is accessibility, and that's what he did. And then, uh, you know, as you know, Mosaic Stadium won the Rick Hansen Award for accessibility. So we we just think we uh, we hit it right at the right time. But if it wasn't for people like uh, Premier Wall at the time and uh, and many of my colleagues in the sporting community, uh, uh, we wouldn't have that facility. But we do, and it's it's wonderful. And we'll always be talking about roof, no roof. But uh, I always say to people, if they had a hundred and eighty million dollar check to give me, we would consider a roof. But uh, that ends uh, the think, conversation yeah, pretty that, fast. That, that ends it pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> you betcha. And now we're looking at other facilities, and we have beautiful facilities. You know, you look at Melville and their arena. You look at Estevan. You look at uh, you know what's happening around the province. Moose Jaw is, uh, is gorgeous. Uh, as well and uh, you know we've played a role as uh, the province but we think it's all about uh, enhancing the uh, the culture of our province and the quality of life as well by having those facilities well it's been awesome to have our uh, broadcast here today and just tell the nation about what has been going on over here for quite some time with uh, with this government and with our sports but you know you talk about stadiums in the CFL it's really enhance the profile of the league you watch the games they've got these aerial shots now these beautiful oh, stadiums doesn't yeah. it look great yeah and have you been to cowboy stadium i have so yeah. do you not feel that getting around mosaic it's it's the same designer folks yeah. mark williams hks tech uh, architecture out of dallas it's easier to get around mosaic stadium yeah. than cowboy stadium yeah Actually, what but you said, see so many similarities. You can see right. Mark yeah. just like designing it. Pill Country, for example, you know, the, the Dr Pepper, and uh, yep. you know, in the in the in the states. And uh, so, no, I had the ability. I, I, Mark invited myself and a few people to come uh, the day before a Cowboys game, and we had a personal tour uh, uh, that he took us on uh, behind the scenes. Everything saw the owners' uh, box and and all of that. Uh, got to be uh, on field uh, game day for a Cowboys game and then uh, he just pointed out all the things that uh, they did there that we could do here and, and he did he said them. he made his corrections yeah. and <laughs> put them into yeah. Mosaic Stadium right yeah I got to ask you this though um, just lastly in the couple minutes that we yeah. have left we've been talking about the great positive things in sports but with the COVID thing in the CFL how much are you following that and what a headache it's been for the teams in the league yeah, going through this, you must just feel for them. Do you have any? I feel on that? for them, but I'm encouraged. When I heard uh, Coach Dickinson talk about it yesterday, uh, you know, he just said, "Hey, I'm, I'm double vaccinated. I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, in support of it as I am. I'm double vaccinated the minute I, I could." And uh, he said, "Some players will just dig in their heels, and we'll have to live with that." But the, he thinks they're at about 85 percent, and uh, I just uh, wish him well to encourage everybody to uh, to get vaccinated. And I think the riders will come out of this uh, just just fine.
Awesome. Chevy, yeah. thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. This is yeah. a blast. Thanks. And if we have enough time, I just want to, yes. your, your viewers and your listeners outside of Saskatchewan, come to Saskatchewan, come to a, see what a Husky football game is like, or a Rams football game, or come to see our, our junior hockey program, or come to Mosaic and watch the, the Riders. It's an experience that you won't, uh, you won't soon forget. So uh, thanks uh, to all the sports listeners out there. Visit Saskatchewan. Absolutely. And, Look around. It's beautiful. It, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. We're thanks, Ken. Thanks, Rod. Thanks for being here. Thanks to you, you and Darren and your team for uh, making the effort to be in Saskatoon. Saskatchewan. Thanks for the invite and all your support. Yeah. Ken Chevalier off the MLA of Saskatoon, Willow Grove. We'll be back to the Premier's Golf Tourney right after this. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube and Facebook daily and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Willows Golf and Country Club in beautiful Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm just going through the comments here uh, from our YouTube viewers. And the Moose is back, by the way. Brady in Muskoka, Ontario is watching, and he says, that background is heavenly, Rod. So although the sun has come out here on this otherwise cloudy day, it is heavenly here at the Willows. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's a little bit too much wind or we'd be outside. Um, and it was a little cloudy, but it's beautiful. And this place is just a top-notch facility. So I get it. The hockey guys love to golf in the summer. And for that, this is exactly where they want to be every day. So we're going to delve deeply into the sports talk the rest of the way here. I just want to just give a shout-out to some of our regular viewers, our P1s that are along for the ride today. Uh, Mike Horrigan says, good afternoon, RP show, and fabulous viewers. I'm watching from Mississauga, Ontario. Um, where is it? Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, your brother is a genius. And I know who he's referring to, Ken Sheveldayoff. So I, <laughs> I just missed that. They love Kevin Sheveldayoff in Winnipeg today. But remember last spring? <laughs> or late last spring? Do spring I ever. Yeah. Yes. They lost... Nine of ten going into the playoffs. Yeah. And they wanted him and Paul Maurice ran out of town. They but wanted the, everybody gone. Hence... Sports fans, right? Yeah. On the following professional sports. So I'm um, going to, I don't have the Prairie Mobile text line with us. I deliberately left it at home on the Charger, getting ready for a big football Friday tomorrow, going into Labor Day Classic weekend. But I don't mind the football talk now. And I, there's some trade winds blowing in the Canadian Football League, Darren, which I don't think you're averse to talking about here today. It's what we do. That's talk right. sports, right? But first, I want to say that today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. It's back-to-school time, and we want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. The Manscaped fourth-generation performance package is just that. Things are opening up. Be ready for whatever it is in the daily schedule for you. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Fellas, go for the valedictorian of ball trimming and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the promo code RP20. We did it. I don't what know are if, you they're, if at? they're listening over there to the... Freaked them out. They're laughing <laughs> over there. We do have a live studio audience here at the Willows. But as we, I should, before we get into the CFL talk, I have not even mentioned yet the Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question today. And it is, and it's courtesy of Colin in Ottawa, with the retirement of Henrik Lundqvist, Colin McAnulty in Ottawa came up with this question, Darren. 
with the retirement of Henrik Lundqvist, who's the greatest goalie not to win a Stanley Cup? Now, he gave me four suggestions. I didn't go with all of them. You actually nailed two of them. Our, our options are Ron Hextall, Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price, or Roberto Luongo. And running away with it on the Twitter vote with 47% is Carey Price, which was your suggestion. Yeah. He had uh, in his suggested four, Colin from Ottawa, Mika Kiprasov, who I have time for in the argument. There's some other goalies that I would put in here, but I think we've largely nailed them. But you had Carey Price and Roberto Luongo as yours. Yeah. I said Hextall. And I said Curtis Joseph. Yeah, you said Cujo. We yeah. had to decide between Curtis Joseph or Ron Hextall as the greatest goalie not to win a Stanley Cup. And I love me some Cujo. Obviously, yeah. former Notre Dame Hound and all the rest. But he didn't make it to two Stanley Cup finals and lose like Ron Hextall did. So Hextall's my guy. What was your case for Cujo? Just the longevity, the wins, what he did in this league. He was an all-star. He's been to conference finals, I believe, but not Stanley Cup finals. Um, Cujo does go down as one of the all-time greats. He's won Olympic medals, too. So um, Curtis Joseph, I mean, he's, he's very good. A guy that we look back and think, man, it would have been great if he had won a cup, right? Certain guys like that. Luongo is another one, which I'm surprised that Luongo is not leading this poll. I think Luongo mm. is one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he's, he's up there in wins and all the major categories. As my buddy Steve Powell would say, recency bias. Who was just in the Stanley Cup final and who just lost? Carey Price. And he's leading the poll with 47% of the vote. And Ron Hextall, I understand that I'm showing my age here, but I probably would have almost, I would probably vote for Carey Price, but Ron Hextall would be a number two for me. And he's a distant fourth in the poll. So to the... Canadian Football League talk as we enter Labor Day Classic weekend. I think I'm starting to realize why a distant fourth, speaking of polls, was the Montreal-Ottawa game. Like, is there any intrigue? Can people... Nobody's talking about the Montreal-Ottawa game Friday night. A lot of it has to do with the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game. Obviously, that's where the most of our viewers are. But now, with Bo Levi-Mitchell coming off the six-game injured list early and being available to the Calgary Stampeders to practice this week and for Monday's game against Edmonton, I got to think, Darren, this was in our quick six. You're not taking him off if you don't plan to play him. Why would you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The only way, reason you'd take him off is to play him. I mean, I would think he'll play. Again, I just don't really know. You know, maybe he's completely healthy. Maybe it's not an issue anymore. Maybe it, w it's, it wasn't as serious as we originally maybe thought it was. Um, but, yeah, I got to think that if he's healthy, he's playing. There's no way he's going to sit on the sidelines if he's capable of playing and has no chance to re-injure it. I mean, if it's something that could get worse, then maybe you keep him there as an emergency. Maybe you keep him, you know, look, at they need to win football games. This is a shortened season. It's only 14 games. Calgary needs to win. So maybe they need Bo in the, in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I don't think you bring him off unless you're planning on playing him. Well, I saw my very good friend, uh, Luke Mullinder, tweeting this morning that if he's the Ottawa Red Blacks, he is making a, did you see it, a monster package available to the Calgary Stampeders in a trade for Bo Levi Mitchell. And I just think if, are we this early on writing off the season for the Ottawa Red Blacks in what's a very tight Eastern division? Not writing them off if they get Bo, right? And that's where... 
No, but you're he's coming you're writing it off if you're making that trade. Well, if you're making the trade, I'm not for, writing it off, but you know what I mean. If you're making that, that that they're not getting anywhere without making a move, and if you bring in Bo, Ottawa can turn things around pretty quickly and get rolling. I think that's what he's saying. And you know, Calgary's in a good spot where they might consider it. You don't want to have a quarterback controversy in your locker room. Um, you want to have the guy and know he's the guy. And if that's the case in Calgary, and I think in that tweet. Luke mentioned Matt Nichols going the other way, so you have a veteran backup, mm-hmm. clearly defined one and two roles. Um, it could happen, but I don't think Calgary's going to be quick to pull the trigger on anything. It's not like they're 3-0 and with Jake Mayer at quarterback, right? It's so a little early. It's a little early. they got to see more from him. There has to be results. Or Calgary's got to be writing off their season, too. And that's not happening yet. Yeah, but, I mean, if they're – I, I got to think that uh, we're talking about Luke Mullender, nine-year CFLer, former Michigan State Spartan, Great Cup champion. That is, I got to think he's just spitballing. He doesn't know. Of course. I can't think that this is a where there's smoke, there's fire situation. I, I say it again. Unless Matt Nichols is hurt, which I don't think that he is. I've just never been a Matt Nichols fan as a quarterback. I'm sorry. I said it. He's got me blocked on Twitter for for that opinion, I think. Matt does? Yeah, which I'm not sure. I don't care. But are we writing off Matt Nichols already? At what point do the Ottawa Red Blacks fan base or even the Red Blacks themselves look back and say, we should have kept Nick Arbuckle, who is now usurp Macbeth in Toronto as the starting quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts? Well, they had him mm-hmm. and let him go and made the conscious decision to go with Matt Nichols. I don't understand. I know, um, but Matt Nichols has been a winning quarterback in the league, and he's, and he's done some good things, um, and it's all about your familiarity, right, and, and your preference. I mean, all of these players in the Canadian Football League are there for a reason because they're talented, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's a matter of fit, and it's a matter of, hey, if, if, if there's a guy that you don't like, if it's Arbuckle you don't like and you don't believe in him, he'll never be your quarterback. It doesn't matter how good he is. If you don't believe in him, he can never be your guy. And you know that it happens in life all the time, right? Once you've made up your mind that you're out, there's no coming back from that. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with quarterbacks. You really have to like him. He has to fit your system. If I come in and I have this greatest offense ever and it, it revolves around a mobile quarterback, you can't have me change it. Even if you give me Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, my whole system's developed around a mobile quarterback or whatever. So a lot of it's preference more than skill set. Well, it's interesting that you saw that tweet from Luke Mulliner about a proposed trade for Bo Levi Mitchell. I don't think that's going to happen yet, but we're in a a year here, a COVID-shortened year, a 14-game season in the CFL. That trade deadline in the CFL is generally, I believe, October the 9th. And I remember it because it's my parents' anniversary. What's the trade deadline this year? At what point do you start making earth-shattering changes? When do you think... What we have is what we have because we're going into week five kicking off on Friday night. Like, you know what I mean? That early season figuring out what you have and the settling. Has that happened through four weeks? Do we do teams no, know what they have? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, you look at some teams have played three games like Saskatchewan and they'll play their fourth mm-hmm. this weekend on Labor Day on Sunday. No, I think, you know, it's going to take six or seven. I think when you get to seven, you're at the midway point of the season. That's the point where you have to. That's your last chance. I, I feel that's the last chance to really make substantial roster moves that can completely change the culture of your team and the outlook of your team is kind of the midway point. But everybody will see it a little bit differently. It'll, it'll you know, sway by a couple of weeks on either side leading up to the trade deadline in October. But 
they'll have a little bit of time through September if they if if anybody wants to make a move. But there will be no recovering from being 0 and 5, 0 and 6, or 1 and 6. Right, this season there just won't be. It's it's not like other years where you can be the BC Lions and run it back and sneak into the playoffs and get to a Grey Cup, right? So they've got to make up their mind pretty quickly. We'll start seeing moves happen here. I think after week four, maybe five, six, seven. I think that'll be the sweet spot. Wow. Well, and the co- the uh, the COVID factor is the X factor. As I sit here and look at the quick six show topics that we went through an hour ago. And I don't think we're done yet talking about Andrew Harris, talking about nothing better than shutting up 30,000 Ryder fans. I think it's hilarious, by the way. But just with the Jacob Ruby thing, um, I think we're going to extend an invitation for Jacob Ruby to come on the air about, am I right in saying he's been blackballed by the Canadian Football League? That's the report that's come out that every team's been told not to sign this guy because he reportedly lied about his vaccination status. He's not, said he is. That's the information that's out there. But in the National Football League, Tyron Matthew tested positive. He's going to be on the sidelines here, the honey badger. Do we feel that we are through the last of the COVID outbreaks in the CFL season, do you think? No, probably not. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And you've got to make decisions. And they, they put out a statement, and the statement kind of said, hey, availability goes into making these decisions. That's everything except saying COVID, right? How are you on that, by the way? You know, and... You have to a little bit. You can't admit it, though. You can't. You sure can't admit it. You are right. But, like, think about it. Like, if you start looking at teams that are not 85% vaccinated in the Canadian Football League, and if flying becomes an issue because the unvaccinated players can't get on airplanes, Mm -hmm. then you might need to make players or make moves to say, look at, I've got four starters that can't play. I've got to replace them. So you start making moves for guys who are available, meaning are vaccinated and can travel. Because, look, it, it's not about that I'm worried about whether you're vaccinated or not, or I really care if you're vaccinated or not. But he can play and you can't. So I have to go and acquire somebody who's actually allowed to get on the flight and come to BC with us to play on the weekend. You might see some of those, those moves starting to happen. I'm actually interested to get your take on this because I was reading in USA Today, Bill Belichick just getting ripped for his comments about Cam Newton, you've seen them yeah. multiple times. He was asked, did Cam Newton's status as being unvaccinated have to do with him being cut? And Belichick looked right in the camera and said, no. And then he went on to kind of back up his comments. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily understand what he was saying. And I don't know if he was trying to double speak to get his way out of it. So, <clears throat> anyways... Where are you on that? Yeah, because like, well, the Players Association has, you know, they're investigating the Jacksonville Jaguars on this. Do the players have a leg to stand on? Apparently they do to say they have the right to be unvaccinated and should not be discriminated against for roster decisions because of that. Where, where are you on I that? Get, no, I get that. I understand. But can you play or can't you? And I believe they're all able to fly in the U.S., but in Canada, they might not be. So if you can't play, like this is professional sports that we're talking about. Can I really come out and, and be like, it's okay, Rod. You know, I'll give you a job anyway, and I'll just leave you at home, and I'll pay mm-hmm. you. and We'll, just, we'll leave you at home because we like you. But you're not really on this team because you can't travel with us. You can't play. 
So what are we supposed to do? You can only play home games. I'm just saying as right? an employer, which you are, right. where are you on this? That's where I kind of side. I, like, I, I side. Uh, it's, it's tough because I, I, I see it both ways, right? If there's no issues with the player being able to play, then I'm cool. Follow the protocols. If it means that you're not vaccinated, you've got to wear a mask on the sideline, wear a mask on the sideline mm-hmm. and be part of this team, right? But if you can't travel, if you can't play, then I have to cut you. And it has not, yes, it's going to look like I'm cutting you because you're not vaccinated, but it's actually me cutting you because you can't play. You're not allowed to come and travel with the team and play. But until that becomes an issue, there's nothing to talk about. It's just you got to follow your protocols. And if you're following your protocols, we're good. I got no, I got no issues. Uh, well, I guess it's the unspoken thing like everything else. Like in the NHL, we have to fire referee Tim Peel because we need to protect the integrity of the game and we do not have makeup calls in the game of hockey, so he needs to go because he was talking about it on a live. So um, you can cut guys for not being vaccinated. Just don't admit it. That's what I think we've got to the, the bottom of everything today. Feels like it, doesn't it? It does <laughs> right. feel like it. And, and that's you know the Bilicek comments afterwards talking about you know, you'd be surprised at how many people have gotten COVID that are vaccinated. You know, it'll surprise you. So it's not really about that. And so he did back up his comments a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's wild. I am just going to, before I let you go, yeah. just check in on the comments from our YouTube viewers today because I have access to those uh, from Tacona. Powley watching in Winnipeg says, Matt Nickel had a good season or two, but the injury and time off, He's done. From Ryan H. on YouTube, Bo Levi, a red black. It's always fun to shake things up. I could see it. Uh, another from Tacona. Rod, did you fall and bump, on your, bump your head? That's the most soccer talk I've ever heard from you. One in that? Rome. <laughs> One in Rome. Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, says CFL pundits have been high on Matt Nichols for so long. Can we call a spade a spade? Ottawa sees something that I don't. It'd be very interesting to see what happens Friday night against Montreal. Uh, Moose, we might have you back for overtime, but I appreciate you uh, sliding in for this portion. We're live from the Premier's Golf Tourney. Another special guest from the Saskatchewan Rattlers joins us next as we switch gears and talk a little hoops. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. We're live from the Premier's Golf Tourney in Saskatoon at the beautiful Willows Golf and Country Club. Ken Shoveldayoff, the MLA for Saskatoon Willow Grove, is a man of his word. Everybody he said would be here has been here. Way to go, Chevy. And uh, we continue with the uh, president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rattlers, Brad Kraft, who is no stranger to this program from the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And I could just tell, Brad, I've seen you a little bit this summer. You look zen. You look <laughs> you look relaxed. It's a little that, different. That you got through the season. Yeah, it's yeah. a little different when you're not working 80 or 90 hours a week. I tell you, it's nice, nice to just relax and get back to the normal life. Yeah, well, yeah. so congratulations on getting through the Thanks. season, by the way. A tough one for the Rattlers, and before right, but before we talk about that, just uh, the fact that you guys pulled it off. How was Championship Weekend in oh, Edmonton? Champ Weekend was so fun, and it and it really took on, uh, honestly, like another life and another level of 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 
excellence and, and just professionalism. And uh, now that we have the Scarborough Shooting Stars that signed on, um, you know, they brought out a bunch of musical acts and Cardinal Official and, and Roy Woods and, and a bunch of people. And, and it just really elevated our festival side and, and all the entertainment as a whole. Yeah, that's good. Well, the Edmonton Stingers repeat as champions. Uh, Xavier Moon, the three-time player of the year in the CEBL. We just had your commissioner on last Friday, Mike Morielli. As as a basketball somewhat newbie here, I know more about it than soccer, but a guy (laughs) like Xavier Moon have an NBA shot if he was a three-time MVP of this league? Uh, He might get a workout. I think he's a little bit short, a little small. Um, but he's definitely a shifty player. player. <laughs> Fantastic player, no doubt about it. But I think, you know, you look at the NBA and you got the likes of, like, people that you'd be stacking up against, you know, who are three or four inches taller than you and 40 or 50 pounds heavier. So it, I think it might be a little challenging, but, but I mean, no doubt he could work out and probably put up a good show. Mm-hmm. I, I should talk about your club. It was a, what, 14-game season or 16-game 14 season? games this 14, season. So yep. you were 1-13? 1-13, yep. and 13. One and 13. Yeah, not, not good. Not what you expected. No. Yeah. no. In yeah. retrospect, what's the, what's the debriefing? <sighs> I think we, uh, we didn't have much chemistry on the team. We had a lot of new bodies this year, um, which, you know, we had some back from 2020 in the bubble, but, but not enough to really get it done. You know, we had a, we had a couple changes in the bench and uh as as you guys know through the mid-season and and it just uh, i think we just need to we need to get comfortable playing with each other and 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 obviously now being back in front of fans and stuff so well you are a sports executive president and ceo of a pro sports franchise i that's crazy it's a different nah, not to me it's not <laughs> you've been around sports a very long time but my point is this COVID stuff and everybody's just living not in a normal way for 20 months, as we talked about with the yep. premier, but no passes given because my friends are the coaches and the GMs and the players. They're not getting passes. Nope. I'm looking at Doc Rivers getting fired by the Clippers and uh, Todd Reardon by the Washington Capitals. And you guys made a coaching change. I guess there's no I guess it's the nastiness and coldness of sports. <laughs> There's well, no you know, passes in this. It's, it's a business, right? right. And, and if your business is failing, you got to make changes. Yeah. So, um, so, so I think, yeah, I think in any sport, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's, but, it, but I'm just looking from your perspective. It's like you can't, like you say, it's a business. There's been no passes. As a matter of fact, why talk about the GMs on the football side? They weren't able to interview players face to face, right? right. They, they yeah. weren't able. There weren't games to go watch, and the GMs were saying to me, "I'm not gonna get a pass if my team sucks." It's true. It's true. Yeah, it was no right. different for us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you, what does it feel like to have been the first team in Saskatchewan to welcome fans this oh, summer? Oh, that was amazing. Honestly, like those that did come out this year. We were so thankful and so lucky to be able to welcome fans back and, and welcome them in a, a safe way. You know, we, we luckily, I don't think, had any cases reported out of any of our events, which was, which was lovely. Um, so it was great. It was, it was you know, it was, it, was, it, it was so rewarding to see how much hard work we had done, how many, like, plan A through, you know, D, E, F, and then, and then you can just take, you know, one of those and just go forward and, and just, you know, really put on the event you want to put on. So Right. Well, was it as close to what you wanted to put on, though? It seemed a little scaled down. It was from, a little scaled down, yeah. but, but, I mean, such is life. We, we didn't, you know, it was up in the air until about 10 days out from, from like, July 11th. We, ha- we knew that restrictions were being lifted. Um, but, uh, 
but by that point, you know, you, you kind of had already set in motion the things for the season. So, so tough to adapt, you know, kind of short turn turnaround times, but uh, that's okay. We'll get back to the normal and, and the big and the bold and the entertainment worthy stuff uh, next year. Yeah, because it is like a mini NBA thing. I love it. I absolutely love going to the games. However, and again, I defer to your executive role. When we had Commissioner Morielli on last week, he said, we're not out of the woods for 2022. Well, I think, I mean, that's yeah. just smart thinking, right? You, yeah. you, can't, you can't just assume that it's going to be away, right? We, we, How do you conduct business, though, when you don't know? Honestly, you go until you can't, right? So right. we're going to go normal for now. We're, gonna, we're, we're, go, we're actually going on sale with our season tickets in, in, on September 13th for 2022. So, um, so we'll, we'll continue to conduct business as normal as we can, and we'll plan for the worst and hope for the best. Well, we're with you every step of the way. Brad, always Thanks, good seeing Ron. you. Thanks awesome. for the time. Absolutely. Another special guest joining us for Overtime. When we come back, you're watching the RP Show from the Premier's Golf Tourney in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on Game Plus TV and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody, for the always popular overtime segment. And we normally would turn it over to viewers and do viewer takeover, but we don't have the comments today uh, like we would normally in the bunker, which is fine. We, if you just joined us, are live from the Premier's Golf Tourney in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, the Willows Golf and Country Club. And we're pleased to welcome, I would say we've saved the best for last. Al Simpson, the, would I say, founder of Living Sky Sports Corporation, the founder, yes. CEO. This is the guy. We've been talking about the soccer facility. We've been talking about the baseball stadium in, in Regina. Al Simpson's kind of the, the man behind all of that. And um, this Premier's Golf Tourney, Al, seems like it's, it's all your buddies are here. Well, it's a great place to be, uh, to, uh, to come up to Saskatoon and, and support the, uh, the tournament and, and all the things that the SAS party are doing for Saskatchewan. So really happy to be up here. Well, glad to have you. And your name has been coming up a lot. I have to tell our viewers, there's a video rolling down here just off the first tee box of the soccer facility that's proposed for Prairie Land Park and the Canadian Premier League franchise, which we'll call it home. And Living Sky Sports Corp is behind all of that. Wow, what a venue. Well, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some grand plans, and and our day, our idea is that you know we want to build the best 5,500 seat venue in Canada. So you know we're setting our sights uh, pretty high. Uh, we think it's doable, but uh, it's something that uh, Saskatchewan needs. It's something that Saskatoon needs. I think there's a, a little bit of a, a deficit in recreational infrastructure, and we need to catch up to, to a few other. But we have it. It's just old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the deficit part, right? Right. Uh, so, so we think the uh, the stadium at Prairie Land would be great for Saskatoon, and obviously to bring pro soccer um, to the province would be important. There's a changing face of this country. Um, most mm -hmm. of the people who are landing on on the, the tarmacs or, or, or the shores are coming from jurisdictions where soccer is either the number one spectator sport or the participant sport or both. Yep. So it's, it's a, as the changing face of our country continues to occur, um, it's a sport that continues to grow and uh, Saskatchewan needs to be part of that. Well, I would encourage all of our viewers to go look up Living Sky Sports on Twitter. Give them a follow. And the video that I'm speaking of of the new venue is on the Twitter feed and it's absolutely staggering and I do have to ask you 
Like, I've never seen a venue quite like that before. But I'm not either the biggest soccer guy. I'm getting into it. Where's Derek? I'm getting into it. Uh, but I just, was it modeled after something? Or where did the idea come from for what you're proposing here? So the idea is, in, in some respects, modeled after smaller venues that you'd see throughout Europe. So in right. that sense, it's not really that unique. Um, just to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and to many in Saskatchewan, yeah. and, and unique to me before I, I got yeah. into the project. Um, but as you start to, to sort of look into things, there's, there's literally... I'm going to say hundreds, if not a thousands, of small venue soccer stadiums for Tier 2, 3, and 4 pro clubs in Europe. And so we wanted to have uh, an intimate stadium. Um, there, there's an old saying, don't build a church for Easter Sunday, which is to say, too big? yeah, don't, don't make it too big. You're, you're better off, I think, to have scarcity now where you know there's a buzz to get tickets rather than try to have a ticket for everybody who might want to come once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. So we think small is, is, is the way to go, 5,500, uh, make it intimate, and uh, have it uh, aesthetically pleasing. I think the sports fan of today wants more than what I wanted or, or liked when I went to my first Ryder game in 1966. You know, you yep. go sit down for three hours and you watch the game. I think the way the sports fan consumes sports now is a little bit different. Uh, they want plaza areas to be sure. able to mix and have a pop and that sort of stuff. So we're going to try and, and, and incorporate all of that. Well, we're very lucky to have a guy like you in the province, that's for sure, and your family. But last night we stayed at the Signature Sandman Hotel, and they were saying, this is where the soccer facility is going. And I was like, wow, the promised land, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and if you wouldn't mind telling our viewers what you told me via text, why you feel this is so important to have this franchise and this facility? Well, it's important on a number of levels. Um, it's important, I think, and I, and I don't want to get political and philosophical, but, you know, we talk about sports and, and, and how important it is to our communities and what soccer does that some of the other professional sports don't do, and again with the changing face of our country, Rod, is that it creates common ground. There's common purpose. So you can take all of the diverse cultures that follow the game and you can bring them together on an afternoon or an evening for a couple hours throughout a season, and they come together to a stadium for common purpose. Yeah. And that's really what a province is all about, it's what a city's all about, it's what a country is all about, is common purpose. Um, I don't buy into this diversity is strength. In pockets it's good, but, but the, the, the strength is in commonality of a country. Mm -hmm. You know, Canada needs to have common purpose. Saskatchewan needs to have common purpose. Saskatoon needs common purpose. And soccer can do that. It's the universal game. So it's important in that respect. And it's also important because, you know, for Saskatchewan, uh, we want to be able to participate with the rest of the country as the game grows. So there's eight teams right now throughout the country. Uh, and, and we don't want to be a flyover. I don't want my province to be a flyover. I'd like to see a team in Saskatoon. I'd like to see a team in Regina. Yeah. Well, and also, I can't remember who it was. I'll have to apologize. It might have been Premier Scott Moe who sat in that chair last hour. Somebody said 10,000 kids in Saskatoon playing soccer this year right now. What you told me was you wanted a spot for those kids to be able to go to a higher level and not have to leave the province. That 10,000 kid thing is a line that Chevy uses, but it, ha it happens to be correct. <laughs> there are, there are. Is it you, are... Chevy, that said that? I apologize. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's but that was another goal that you told me was that you wanted to be able to, and we have one minute left, a place for the kids to aspire to to play. There's ten. Pro. Th there's ten ten thousand I think registered in Saskatoon, forty thousand in in uh, the province. But yeah, when I was growing up, I played soccer for ten minutes on the field in elementary right. school, and it was it was hockey and it was football. And why was it hockey and football, Rod? Well, you know this story. I could, we had. I could form a, but I could form a vision to go yeah. pro. I'm never good enough. But I could watch Foster Hewitt and Danny Gallivan and say, I want to do that. Yep. And, and I could do that with, with hockey. I could do it with the riders. Kids don't have a vision to go pro here, but a pro club will allow them of to course. develop that vision. Well, thank you. Thank you for all you're doing for the province, Al. Thank you for having me. And thanks uh, to you viewers uh, and our guest today, Scott Moe, Kevin Ken, Shovel Day Off, Al Simpson, Brad Kraft, Brendan Sonny, and Laura Ross. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, right here on Game Plus TV. Let's go beat up DuPont. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.